Incubator, home of the future of work, industry and people, with your host, I4O's Oliver Kelly. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Outback Incubator with Oliver Kelly. Today we have an interview for you. It's going to be a very interesting discussion that we have. For those of you that understand financial technology or fintech, you will understand that we've had blockchain around for more than a few years now. came along shortly after the last financial crisis. And there have been a lot of different projects around. Obviously, the most famous of those was Bitcoin as a currency. There's one called Ethereum, which is uh, used for various applications digitally. And it's, it's an ongoing beast. And people really understand that blockchain is in some ways the future. So what we have today is an interview with a project team, which is based globally, but the founders are from Scandinavia. And this project is called the Bit Lattice. And the Bit Lattice is really what you would call a blockchain killing project. And for people that don't even really understand fully how blockchain works, which is essentially stacking transactions on top of each other in a ledger and the entire network of people involved with that ledger, essentially approving each other's transactions, which means you don't have to rely on a central person to do that as you would with a bank or another major institution. The Bit Lattice takes the concept a lot further. And they're an incredibly interesting group of people who have started it in some ways quite secretive. They only have avatars. They don't really openly put any photos of themselves around. So there's quite a bit of mystery that surrounds them. But certainly everybody I've spoken to about this project says that what they are proposing is extremely ambitious, but very, very interesting if it can be made to work. So let's see what you think. Due to the nature of their anonymity, I've had to use an artificial intelligence for their responses, which I've taken from the general Microsoft female artificial intelligence voice. But the responses are directly from them. These are from conversations that I had with Hybrida, which is the founder and creator and Bit Lattice Woman, who is a co-founder earlier this month. And I hope that you enjoy the discussion. And thanks for listening. Welcome to the Outback Incubator, Hybrida and Bit Lattice Woman. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I know your time is precious. You're working on the project night and day. There's so much I really want to ask you. Obviously, we live in a world full of trust that is falling apart. It's failing in regards to many of the world's governments and institutions. The last few years have seen blockchain come to the fore, particularly with a sort of crypto flavor to it. And they've started to address this, these projects. But I suppose the best place for us to start today is what exactly is the BitLattice. Thank you, Ollie. You are welcome. BitLattice is a novel form of distributed ledger, built from ground up with an idea to achieve what blockchains and related technologies cannot. BitLattice has entirely different structure than blockchains. The solution we found is counterintuitive and BitLattice data is arranged in a five-dimensional lattice. If you look at the lattice structure you will notice the regular pattern. Lattice is a set of points, regularly arranged in space, for which the environment of each point is identical. Try to imagine that at certain predefined intervals, let's say every 8 or 16 or whatever, there are distributed fully encrypted entities. They govern the current state of their surroundings in the lattice and decide if a transaction may be allowed or not to another node in the lattice cluster. These entities act like the consciousness of the bit lattice network, they are able to use self-signing contract with own keys, something not possible in present blockchain solutions. BitLattice isn't just a coin, it is an open source platform that many institutions and companies will like to utilize because it can cover different areas, 
instantaneous transactions, machine learning, data marketplace, 100% secure voting systems, smart contracts, scheduling AI, distributed applications, infrastructure orchestration, and Internet of Things just to mention a few of them. The main idea behind BitLattice is to strip human actors of any impact on the network. The network is decentralized in physical sense, however functionally speaking it's fully centralized all decisions are made in the middle layer and there is no authority that could affect them. Right, thanks. But look, it sounds incredibly different than anything we've heard of before, for sure. So a question is, are you saying that it completely removes humans from the decision-making process? And, and if that is the case, why? The answer is simple. Any mechanism that can be influenced by humans, even if that influence is very weak or has low probability, cannot be considered reliable. A single entity, human or organization, with enough power and money could mutate any blockchain. It's just not profitable enough. Every P2P network can be supervised and manipulated. BitLattice is a mechanism which eliminates human impact by insulating the inner ledger from humans. All decisions about the content of the ledger are taken by the middle layer which is the only authority to perform any operations on data. Any human input is regarded as a suggestion only. The network has a full trusted picture of itself at all times and is autonomous within itself. Yeah, wow. It sounds incredibly unconventional. How did this entire idea come about in the first place, if I can ask that? BitLattice Woman and I were involved in the crypto world since it began. Through years of observation I collected enough information to understand the different strengths and weaknesses of specific distributed ledger solutions. Apart from that there's a set of matters that I always find interesting, either due to professional deviation or by hobby. Certain problems in physics and their mathematical representations often offer promising solutions that can be provided in unrelated areas. Some are getting explored in modern IT, like Bayesian theorem, some are less popular. I don't like popular things, they are boring. Apparently some answers to problems I could identify in DLT technologies have maybe not trivial, but efficient solutions that can be borrowed from those more obscure areas of the math-physics intersection. Aside from that, there are my rather unorthodox views on society as a whole and its dependence on time-saving but misleading mechanisms like trust. Hence, cannot pinpoint a single moment, it was a synthesis that slowly evolved to crystallize one day. To sum the above and present in a compressed manner, there was math and physics basis that provided analogies and tools, there was observation of DLTs, their beneficial properties and weak spots, Finally there was that constatation that our society is terribly inefficient and hardly able to catch up with technological progress, not to mention to keep it under control. So, we should find ways to compensate our deficiencies. Okay, and, and how does this then fit in with where crypto and blockchain distributed ledger technology are right now and where they've come from? It's different. BitLattice is ultimately going to replace the old solutions, not due to us wanting to raise competitors, but because it's the next step, just that. Why should we talk about the past that is long gone, let's better focus on the future. So, given that artificial intelligence can be incorporated into BitLattice, what are your thoughts about the, the fears of what that technology holds for us all and, and how people feel about that at the moment? I think the scary situation is right now. 
not because people are developing AI in the hope of boosting their positions and gaining control over others but because a large part of the general public isn't aware of the progress that has been made and can't really comprehend what artificial intelligences are actually about. AIs aren't an answer to all questions but they may be posed as such and that is an issue. So my next question is around so many of distributed ledger tech projects, particularly in the crypto world, they've become famous for ICOs or initial coin offerings, which is where they get released on markets and they make huge sums of money overnight. And that's really what made crypto famous in many ways and, and put some people off as well because the numbers flying around in a short space of time were just enormous. But I know with your project, you've chosen to self-fund. So how does that fit in with your overall vision? Our vision is to do things right. We are as far as possible from MVP, minimum viable product, and similar ideas that can flood the tech world with tons of useless garbage. Conversely we want our project to remain under our control up until it is launched. That excludes cash grabbing from the market in an ICO or selling ourselves into the dependence of a third party. Besides, the roadmap of BitLattice is specifically prepared to take into account geopolitical and geoeconomical factors. We have a certain plan to launch after specific changes take place. And we're at a critical juncture in our overall development at the moment. And so the thought that needs to go into these types of technologies is very important. And one of the things I've seen you write about a lot, both of you, is the concept of parity in STEM, which is obviously science, technology, uh, engineering and maths. So you feel very passionate about that, it seems. Can you expand on that for us, please, the parity between uh, the genders in those particular fields? Yes, we promote parity in STEM to encourage women to choose these areas. And there are few reasons for that. First, there are many stereotypes around women's educational choices that need to be tackled. Second, many people can be fooled by activists that make a lot of noise about parity in STEM while in reality the change is negligible. The progress of equality in STEM is a dangerous illusion. Third, the attitude of women themselves to STEM matters. Women want a greater share in social life and at the same time they do everything to avoid having it. It seems like they deliberately forget that social relationships are now governed by technology. Only equality in STEM will allow us to be involved in development enabling us to shape and control the future. If we don't redefine our approach to STEM matters, if we don't merge with STEM, we can find ourselves in real trouble one day. The worst thing is that women still don't want to see that danger. And last but not least, it's not a problem of the next generation. It's just around the corner and it's absolutely critical for every woman to take action now. There are great initiatives but it's just a drop in the ocean. A few high-profile names is not enough. There should already be 50-50 engagement in STEM if we are to live in a world that we can influence and shape. Unfortunately indefinite attitudes to the future explain what is most dysfunctional in our society today. Well, some very good points you make there and um, obviously something that is changing but, but perhaps not as quickly as you say as it could do. So the pre-white paper uh, which can be seen at bitlattice.org and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. What it provides for the reader is some potential use cases including finance, governance and society, power, energy resources, health, all those kinds of things. If technology can improve any of those areas, it's obviously can only be a good thing. But my final question for you is, both of you, what do you believe the future looks like for us all in the near term? While we have more and more technological tools at our disposal, our behavior differs only slightly from monkeys fighting for a part of a forest. 
Hence, instead of directing our efforts to ensure true sustainability, as I wrote in a recent article, we seem to care about the sustainability of only a subset of the planetary population that we belong to. The issue here is that our tools are year by year more powerful, enabling us to harm ourselves with increased efficiency. Aside from that, while we are focused on our usual everyday bullshit, an event that we could be prepared for if we'd start early enough can be mounting somewhere, deep inside our planet, in space. Something is going to threaten our existence, sooner or later. It's not a question of if, but when. And when that when comes we might have no prepared contingency plan. I write about that from time to time, yet only few individuals seem to find that interesting, it's scary. Bitlatus, from this perspective, is meant to offer an environment for human interactions that would limit detrimental impact of trust on our society, either in organizational or economic aspects. Hybrida and Bitlatis woman, incredible insights. I know your time's precious, so we'll end it there. I sincerely hope you're going to join me again back on the Outback Incubator at some point again in the future. Thank you so much for your time and insights, and I've no doubt that when the time is right, your project can make a huge difference to the world. Thank you, Ollie. It is a pleasure. So there we have it. Thank you for listening to the Outback Incubator. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about this interesting project, bitlattice.org. It's one that we may hear a lot more about in the future. Obviously, we're in some uncertain times at the moment and some of the structures that we have been used to seeing the world built on may well change for the long term based on what we're seeing, uh, which will, of course, leave room for new ways of doing things. So until the next time, I hope you've enjoyed this. As always, uh, we'll be back for episode six of the Outback Incubator next time. My name is Oliver Kelly and you can listen to us on Apple iTunes, on Spotify, on the YouTube channel where you can see the videos. But until next time, thanks for joining us and remember there is always a better way.